you guys. Hi, you guys. <laughs> Welcome. I am Dr. Renee Sunday, and I am the platform builder. Welcome to Good Deeds Radio. I know you don't have to tell me you having an awesome, a fabulous, a super fantastic day, evening, or afternoon, depending on no matter where you are. And people say, Dr. Sunday, <laughs> why are you saying that? Because this was a bad day. This day that I perceived, I perceived it as a not good day. I had a bad day. I had a, a traffic. I had a car accident. I had a sick loved one. I had a situation today. But you know what? I have to let you know, there are some times, and I'm just, you know, I'm a minister as well. Sometimes you just don't understand things. Uh, the key is that we actually have to sometimes step back and take a deep breath <laughs> in and out. And we actually need to realize a lot of stuff we don't know what's really going on. And we have to make sure we're around like-minded people, that they can build us up, that they can keep us up, even when it's something that we don't understand, hmm, that we can actually don't stop. I say that, you know, don't stop, get it, get it. It's a reason for that, that I say that, because you cannot stop in your purpose, because I need you in your purpose hmm, so I can be in my purpose. You know I can go there. <laughs> but welcome, welcome to Good Deeds. I am the platform builder, and what I do is I help people identify their purpose if they're not aware, and then I help them build a platform so they can be what? Be seen, be heard, and guess what? Get paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do here with Good Deeds Radio, Good Deeds TV, Good Deeds Magazine, the Sunday Publishing Company, and, you know, all of the things that we have been entrusted with. The Sunday Foundation is a nonprofit organization. We, we just help our brothers and sisters. That's what it's all about. <laughs> but we have an awesome, awesome session today. I want to get started with the Dr. Renee question so we can bring in this powerhouse that we have here with us today, this afternoon, or wherever you are, <laughs> if you're listening live or you're listening um, to the archives over uh, or the podcast over on, on iTunes or you on YouTube, our website, social media. The question of the day, you know, my team, they, they, I, they just love to hand me a question <laughs> right when we go on the air, but it's okay. You know, I'm, you know, like the young people say, I have to keep it. I keep it 100. I'm very authentic. I'm compassionate, and of course, you know, I'm gonna tell you from my heart, right? The question of the day: um, Several people have asked me, and recently, recently, but you know, it was gradually, but recently, a lot of people have asked me. Um, You've written a book about grief, Dr. Sunday, um, and I'm actually going through grief. I lost my husband. I lost my son. I lost my, my best friend. I even lost my pet. Uh, you know, just a difficult situation. How do we get – what do we do in this situation? And I had to tell him, of course, we had a long conversation <laughs> because one thing I always say up front, everybody grieves what different. That's number one. That's number one. Uh, here in the South, you know, we always um, go to the different uh, families' homes. And, I, you know, I guess the North does it as well. But for sure I know what we do here in the South. We make sure that they have food and something to drink. 
Uh, it's so interesting when my brother did pass about seven years ago from a, a ruptured abdominal aneurysm. And what that is just simply is the, the main vessel in your body that pumps blood all over the body, it actually had a hole in it from, guess what, stress, high blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, the thing. he wasn't diabetic, but, you know, those were the main thing, and he uh, was a big guy. So anyway, I told them you got to take one second <laughs> at a time. I mean, you know, we usually say one minute, but it's actually one second at a time. Because as I said earlier, that's why I said that in the beginning, everybody grieves what? Different. We have to be patient and be supportive. A lot of people don't know what to say. Let me tell you, can I give you a secret or, or just an eye-opening experience? Just being there. You don't have to say anything, you know. Uh, you know, just hug them. You know what I try to tell people is make sure they eat something and drink some liquids, especially water. Uh, but the thing is, everybody grieves different, and everybody has their own journey in the grief process. Uh, I've had so many questions, and those it was like three questions that came in on that, and so it actually has pushed me because so many people have asked for that. You know, we do have the book. We'll actually have an online program and a virtual program. It's uh, launching very soon. But anyway, the thing is, and I love my brother, Dev, and I know you love your loved ones. The thing is, when you get that light bulb experience, and what that is that I talk about in the book is you realize or it comes back to your remembrance that they want you to be happy, that they want you to actually walk out your destiny. They want you to be in your purpose. So whenever I talk, and it already has happened this evening, I always have a cool breeze on my cheek, and I know my brother is with me. So it's okay. Just take one second at a time. You know, I love you, love you. If you need to talk a little bit more about it, you know how to contact me. But we got to get to our guests. We got to get to our guests. We gotta, that's, a, that's, a, that's a subject that is difficult to talk about. But let me let you know, we need to talk about it inside the church, and, of course, we need to talk about it outside the church. And we're going to continue that conversation a little bit uh, today. You know, we're going to talk about among the amazing things that I guess have done and continue to do to change this world. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about suicide awareness prevention. Um, she's an amazing young lady, a speaker, author, mental health advocate. I, I mean, a lot of things. She's uh, just on the board of many different things that where she is on the front line of people in regards of making decisions of people that actually giving us the information on how we can help people. And we don't want to delay because I have my pen and paper ready. I always want to learn things so I can help somebody else. But we want to welcome, welcome none other than Vanessa D. Abram Gray to Good Deeds. Are you there? I am here. I am here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Dr. Renee. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Miss Vanessa, you know, of course, I didn't do justice at all. <laughs> but tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and about your journey and the amazing things that you are doing that, that's really changing the world. Well, you did really well. I, I have to say you did. You, you had me over here shouting in the background when you were ministering. Um, about your brother, um, I definitely can relate to to that experience. So um, without further ado, my name is Vanessa 
D. Anderson Abram. I am a native from Gary, Indiana, and if anybody um, knows, Gary, Indiana is where uh, Michael Jackson, the Jackson 5, where they lived and where they were discovered in Gary, Indiana. I am um, a wife of 22 years. I am the mother of three children, three adult children. I also have um, my 15-year-old Cocker Spaniel as well, which is my child. Um, I uh, have a master's degree in human resources management with um, a minor in business management as well as uh, relocated here to Atlanta from Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. It's going on five and a half years now uh, by way of relocation through, uh, which then was my um, employment. And um, since then, things have just really been taken off in in a way, it's in a God way. And um, to fast forward, I am also on the junior board for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention here in Georgia. I am also a certified speaker and a teacher facilitator with NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, where we focus on facilitating and teaching and educating, empowering, impacting lives to understand and to know that there is hope behind mental illness and to help stop the stigma. I also, I am a speaker. I am an award, four-time award-winning author, an empowerment speaker, radio personality. I have two radio shows uh, myself, a life coach. Uh, Of course, I just talked about mental health advocate and a grant consultant. So pretty much have my hands full have my hands full, but most importantly, I am a child of God, and I love, I love God, and I just thank him for this opportunity to just be here with you today to speak on what we are about to to talk about. So thank you so much. Wow. I love to meet, as they call us now, serial entrepreneurs, but I love, <laughs> I love mm-hmm. to, to meet people that's in their purpose. And uh, I, I do have to ask this question because I get this all the time and we can dive a little deeper. Um, I told people not to, uh, you know, the, of course it's in the dictionary, it's in Google or whatever, but the word balance. Tell us, is that in your vocabulary? Because I tell people every day, I do have a plan, but, of course, that plan can be changed. Of course, would God lead me to something else? Or if something, you know, you know, life, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, tell us about that and, and with all the things that you have been entrusted. Uh, how do you do that, force, you know, that balance, if that's a word, <laughs> and, and that self-care component? Because I, I had to learn that myself how important this stuff Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, balance, um, before, maybe before the last maybe six months, balance was not really in my vocabulary. I tried it, I tried it, but I, 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 I called myself then a perfectionist. And since the passing of my brother, learning about more about life and, and my spiritual connection with my Heavenly Father, I know there's no one perfect here on this earth. Therefore, I work toward excellence, which means that anything that I do, my mother and father always taught me, always taught me, even when I would get in trouble, you out there representing me, do not do anything that's, that will uh, deteriorate or um, smear our name. But she said, whatever you do, you do it to the best of your ability and knowledge, and you do it well. So that's been ingrained in me. And since um, 
all, since God has been opening up so many doors and with the tour coming on board, you know, I find myself, because um, I am a one-person company and I have an assistant, so I, I am it until the Lord begins to add people to my organization um, to be to uh, become part of, of uh, or be an employee, if I should say. But I'm it, myself and my assistant. So balance for me, um, it's, it is difficult. I, I will not say that because, again, uh, I was also taught at an early age how to multitask. And multitasking at at, and at an earlier age in my life, maybe in my 20s, maybe early 30s, it was good for me. But now that I am becoming more seasoned, I should say, and gaining more wisdom and knowledge and understanding and clarity by way of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, multitasking is not good because multitasking will take away. If you're doing more than one thing, that means that you're not in the present moment and you're not mindful. So I'm trying my very, very hardest to focus on one thing at a time because the way I was raised, and I thank God that I was blessed with the the, the gift of being able to maybe be on a phone call, maybe be on a text message at the same time, doing an email at the same time, maybe looking at a spreadsheet and doing maybe one other thing and maybe washing dishes at the same time. So in in doing all of that, I've learned that that's stressful. That's one thing. You may get something done, but at the end, it's stressful. So am I working harder or am I working smarter? So it's about me learning how to work smarter and not harder and be discombobulated and an anxiety level on 500 at the end of when I'm done doing my chores because there's always something to do. And I'm also learning to listen and be still before God so that he can direct and order my steps. What I don't get done he may make a way, and he has, not may, but he'll make a way that it will get done without the stress or the burdens that I may carry of I need to do this, 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 and this, this, um, and get it done, my task list. You know, Ecclesiastes 3, 1, and 8 says there is an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to root up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up. And it goes on and on. But there is a time I'm learning for everything. And if I operate out of the season of my time, it can be it can be not so good for me. So I'm learning as I go and press and press my way forward during this self discovery journey that God that God has me on at this time of my life. <laughs> now, now you have me shouting all over the place. I I, I had to learn <laughs> that myself, uh, and it really um, went to a next level when um, my when my brother passed because. Around about that time, that's when I was uh, actually right after he passed. I was pushed. I will say that pushed into the ministry because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know how that goes. I, I was like, oh, no, yeah. we, we ain't going to do this ministry. <laughs> but anyway, but God be the mm-hmm. glory. God be the glory with that. But let's talk mm-hmm. about this because it, it's dear to my heart uh, that, and I commend you for the amazing things that you do. But welcome to Atlanta. Let me say that just real quickly. We love you. Thank love you. you. Love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but in regards of mental health, uh I mean, it's a broad, a real vast 
uh, conversation. But, but tell us a little bit about that, because uh, I'll be honest, uh, I am an anesthesiologist as well. When we were taught mental health, when I went through medical school, I'm telling how old I am now, a lot of the <laughs> diagnosis uh, they taught us, for example, they taught us uh, pretty much that one person had one diagnosis. But now that I've noticed, especially, you know, when, you know, when patients go to sleep, you know, sometimes uh, and they wake up, something's magnified. Tell us a little bit how important uh, the amazing things that you're doing in regards of awareness and, and also the great information and resources that you share, how we can actually help, you know, anyone. Because you know what? I tell people you can – I mean, by, you can't even snap your finger and your, your mind can be uh, uh, go from one state to the next state. That's true. That's very true. That's, that's so true. Our mind is like a rubber band, and you know how fragile a rubber band can be if you continue to apply weight and pull it and pull it and pull it, and there we go, snap. And like the cereal, the Rice Krispies, the old commercial, snap, crackle, and pop. You know, it's so serious. Uh, mental health is, and let me just take you on a, a, a short uh, but brief journey around what brought me to this point in my life and to, to, to this radio show and our conversation on today is um, I'm a suicide survivor myself. Um, I've actually tried to commit suicide uh, several times, but I, I don't think I was really serious about it the times that I was doing it. But then when my mother passed in 2008, no, 2010, 2010, I never thought that I could live without my mother. And um, I tried. I, I, I tried and I tried with the vengeance. Um, my daughter found me. Had she found me any later after they woke me up some days later in the hospital, uh, they, they said, I think it was the next day, they, they woke me up and said, that, do you know you're a miracle? And people that, or the way your lungs look, people perish from that. You are a miracle. And I was angry. I was angry for a while from that. I was angry. Of course, I had to stay in the hospital. They call that 1013. That's called 1013. 1013 is suicide. And, you know, I was a 1013, and I was not a um, the 1013 that I walked myself in there by state. I was a 1013, and I could not leave. So I was angry. I didn't want to stay um, I, I was just really, really just distraught, distressed, and that's when I really began to see some things with um, my, my personal mental health and staying in treatment, staying in therapy. I had to get on medication at that time, but I thought, okay, hey, this is just for a season and just for a moment, so I won't have to stay on this forever. The doctor and I talked about it, my therapist, well, you know, we have to find out during the journey. You don't know up front. So to make a long story short, that didn't work. But then after a while, by and by, as my, my parents and grandma would say, uh, lo and behold, the Lord, um, I spoke with the Lord, asked him to forgive me. And I said, I have a purpose. I really have a purpose because I could have been, God could allow me to be a vegetable. All the stuff that I, I had taken, mm-hmm. I had probably taken maybe 60, 70 pills, the type of, type of stuff that um, is serious, serious serious things. That's why I know I have a purpose. That's that's how I know that God could have made it me be a vegetable. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I couldn't talk. But yet he let me live. He let me live. And I began to, to 
work out my, my salvation, began to ask, what is my purpose? I didn't know what my purpose was back then. I was going through so much pain and different things in my life at that time until I was just in, I was just a big ball of mess, a big ball of mess. So fast forwarding to a, over a year and a half ago, um, it'll actually be two years in September, where I got a phone call that my brother had taken his life. And my brother, it's five of us. I'm the youngest of five. And um, this particular brother and I, we had we have a very special relationship. And um, it was here in Georgia, and he was here for maybe a year. So I was the one that had to do the footwork of what you see on television, of what you see uh, crime, um, these crime shows. I, I had to deal with that. And so now from that, now I have gained, um, not gained, um, now I have PTSD on top of whatever else that I have, and, you know, I'm still in the grieving. I'm still in the grieving um, journey, but uh, while I'm grieving, you know, the Lord, this book, this tour, the Pain, Positioning, and Purpose Tour is named after the book that I had written, and God said, I need you to write a book around 40 days, 40 days, something around 40 days mm-hmm. and how how you are getting through this thing with me, and I was still in the I was still in the nitty gritty. I probably was maybe three to six months in, and he told me this. It was times I had to put the book down, put the pen down, or stop typing for maybe like a week because I could not take the pain that I was in and going through as I was writing. So God allowed me to birth the Valley of Transfiguration, forty days with God and my grief, pain, positioning, and purpose. That this. This movement, is it has nothing, I'm just a vessel. And mental health mm-hmm. is so serious until the stigma of people saying that people are crazy or people go, did you take your meds, or making fun or not respecting, I should say, respecting mm-hmm. the term mental illness because all it takes mm-hmm. is one episode in our life and it can be us. Mm-hmm. It can be us, all it takes, because it could have been me through the grace of God when I tried it with my own hands and then with the pain that I still bleed freshly from my brother's passing. And he was a veteran, so I have to also pay homage to that and all he did for this country. But when he came back from the from war, from Saudi Arabia, from, from where many people in that era and veterans that, was, that fought for us come back just mangled, detangled, de- just some of them are deranged, but most have PTSD and come back different mm-hmm. the way they the way they left. And mental illness, many, many, many people don't want to seek help. They don't want to seek help. Why? Because I don't I don't want people to know that I have it. They'll think I'm crazy. Or what will they say? Fear of rejection. It's time out for that. It's time Mm -hmm. to stop the silence. It's time to stop suffering in silence and come together and know that everybody, everybody has some sort, whether it's small or whether it's grand, some some point of depression in your life. Do we remember Mm -hmm. Jesus when Mm -hmm. he was in the garden? Do we remember? Uh-huh. But if he had to go through it, why why do we say why me? Why me, Lord? Why me? Why not me? Is the question. And and the thing of it is with, uh-huh. with mental health is that mental health, depression, bipolar disorder, dementia, schizophrenia, anxiety 
anxiety disorder, the list goes on and on and on. They, these things are chemical imbalances in the brain. So these sicknesses mm-hmm. and illnesses that we suffer with, it is just as equivalent as a heart attack. It is just equivalent as um, cancer. It is just equivalent as lupus or uh, when we break a, a, a body part or mammogram, whatever the case may be. But when we say, doctor, when we say, Dr. Sunday, we're getting ready to go to the doctor for a physical exam, but let somebody say, I'm about to go to the psychiatrist to get to get a mental exam. Or let someone say, I'm getting ready to go to group therapy. And then you're going to what? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Do they ask us, well, why are you going to the doctor to see the cancer doctor? That's the stigma that we have to stop and become educated because the, the word says that man perishes for lack of knowledge, and that's exactly that's right. what's happening. We are perishing. We are dying because we are not putting forth an effort to learn, to grow, to become educated, and to become empowered in the fact of what really is going on, which is mental health. And because of all of this, I go around and speak. I've spoken to AKA within the last few weeks, uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha. I went there. I'll actually be going to another Alpha Kappa Alpha um, event this Saturday. I go to, uh, I've gone to Georgia State University. I go to high schools and speak. I go to events. I go to business events and speak. I speak so profoundly, so passionately about this thing because it's personal. It's personal. It's so personal to me until I cry. Because you know why? Because I still have a bleeding heart. This thing, you can't tell anybody. You can't bring anybody through something if you haven't been through it yourself. So I can't tell you how to, uh, to, I can't tell you how to live a life uh, that I've never experienced. But if I've experienced suicide myself, and then on the flip side, I've experienced being not only a suicide survivor, but a sibling survivor. We can talk about it, and that's one of my tags. Let's talk about it. Let's stop the stigma and mm-hmm. silence silence the, the, the noise that is saying that you're crazy, that, that you should not do this or you should not do that. Do that. But let's come together as a people and be a part of a solution and not create problems because life itself is full of problems. But if we come together and fight Fight and with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and NAMI, we go to legislation. We 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 fight for laws to be changed. You know, depending upon who's in office, they may be for us, they may be against us, but we fight. We fight. They will. Um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and NAMI goes to the White House and just just be outside and just talking about the importance of mental health and just so people can see the. The, the people that are involved and how many of us that really, really are impacted that we need to change some things in order for people to be able to get up and go to work, in order for laws for people to be able to take the time off that they need to have a mental break, have a mental break, because this world that we have, uh, people, we, we, we tend to think that it's a perfect world, but in this imperfect world, that's when we run into issues when we're trying to create a perfect picture when there is not one. And then here comes depression. As a result of all of that, depression, major depression disorder, and on and on and on. So that is my passion. That is what fuels me, the pain inside of me. I've declared, I've answered the call, 
to God that I will go to the ends of the earth if you provide a platform for me to talk about this thing, even even in my valley. Because another one of my taglines is, um, is, is I will worship God even while I am wounded, and my valley is my victory. Amen. That that is so true. Oh, that that is so true. What you said. Oh my God. And, and you, you know, we don't realize a lot of times the pain we're going through. Uh, and I think a lot of ministers say it. But you know, of course, that pain ends up being a, our purpose. And you said it so wonderfully. That's why you, the passion is so deep because you've experienced yeah. it. Um, a, a lot of the people, because I think it, it, it's a kind of like a joke a little bit with uh, with people that counsel people in marriage, and they say, well, at least they need to be married, because there's so many, if you look at it, there's so many people that teach and counsel that's not even married. But that's a whole other subject, but the point it that sure I'm is. trying to say is a, a, a deeper level of connection when you've actually experienced it yourself. Let me ask you this because uh from my understanding it's been a, a I'll be honest, it's been a um major cities, uh it used to be again when I came through uh medical school, but I I've I've read a recent um uh, account of that I'm uh, getting ready to um reviewing your amazing information that um we used to think that it used to be in the major cities that it was in the low-income people, et cetera, et cetera. But speak on that a little bit because uh, the dynamics have totally changed, number one, or we just weren't reporting it a vote. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's very true. Um, you know, it's funny that you say that. It, it Depression, suicide, it does not have a face. It doesn't discriminate. It It, it, it does not. And today I had to take my car to get it serviced, and there was a young man that waited on me. And then when we were leaving, he um, was putting me back in the car and, and thanking me. And I gave him my card, and he said, wow. And he began to share with me about him living in Philadelphia, I believe it was Philly, a young man, and how he learned how to break in cars at the age of six and how he had to work through some things in order for him not to lose his mind and become a stable a stable human being, and because he felt so much at a young age. So we are not who we are just because we just sat up and said, hmm, this is who I'm going to be. We are products of our environment. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana was the murder capital for many years, and I thank God that I was raised in uh, my, I had both my mother and my father, and I had my siblings. And with me being the youngest, I had my, my siblings there as well to help to protect and lead and guide me. And um, the, I, I, I have to truly say that areas that we reside in, it, it does not matter if, if um, you're living in a mansion. It does not matter if you're living in a tent. If you have... Issues in the brain, the chemical imbalance. We can look at so many, so many stars. Robin Williams, the funniest man. Who would have thought that when I was a kid, when I come in from school and I couldn't wait to watch Mork and Mindy after eating dinner and my homework, 
he would be one to take his life. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Richard Pryor, one of the funniest men, that one of his addictions would have been drugs and, and how the drugs caught him on fire, but yet what's the underlying cause? There was some type of illness, mentally illness there. Who would have thought that people, um, even pastors, and I can uh, pastor at Settleback Church, the Purpose Driven Life pastor, Rick Warren, who would have thought his son would have taken his life? There, there, is, there is diversity there. But there is no discrimination when it comes to mental health and mental illness. And one thing that I really want to say on here, Dr. Sunday, because it, it sickens me when people say, and we know what the word says about suicide, but when you don't know what you don't know, sometimes or most times we have to stay in our lane and stay in our place because some things are not meant to be said. You know, when suicide comes about, they're going to hell. They're going to hell. They're going to hell. They're going to hell. That's what we, we, we know what, what, what God says about that. But then they're also underlying, they're underlying issues and things there that only God can judge. Man, man can't touch it. And it sickens me simply because I've been personally impacted by it, and how the Lord is teaching me and showing me things, and people just don't jump up and say, oh, I don't want to live today. I'm going to go ahead and jump off this bridge. No, there's issues there. Um, Gary, Indiana, again, I knew a young lady that was buried maybe two, three months ago where she and her husband in Michigan went to Michigan to pick up their son from college, and he killed the both of them. Now, what did we learn after that? She was an acquaintance of mine, very nice young lady, lived in Gary, Indiana, and moved to Indy, uh, Illinois with her husband and her family. Went to get him for spring break. Was it spring break? Uh, mm-hmm. It was this year. It was a few, yeah, I, I believe it was spring break, and uh, he killed the both of them. And what did we learn in the news after the fact? That he was on a, a, a mental trip that night before in the ER, in the emergency room. Somebody's after him, some schizophrenia, schizophrenia uh, behaviors, and someone's chasing him. The elevator, uh, the man that was in the elevator with him said that he was acting strange and acting funny. What's under that mental illness? It's, 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 it's an epidemic, and it's not getting any better, Dr. Sunday. It's not. It's getting worse, and that's why, because of the pain that I'm in, and some days I'm in a ball where I'm still just my brother. Oh, my gosh, really? Wow. But that I allow not to paralyze me, but to propel me to the next level in my purpose in God. Not here, Dr. Sunday, to please me, but to please God in all the things that he is doing in and through me, because I know through the grace of God, I shouldn't even be here speaking to you right now, but only because of him keeping me, he allowed it to be. So because of that, Lord, I owe you my life. And mental illness I will do, I will teach, I will sow, I I will pray. I do a lot of praying with people, and when I speak from truth, and you know this is one one thing, one 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 last thing about that question, Doctor Sunday. When you speak in truth and transparency, meaning that you've accepted who you are, you've accepted that okay, I got this illness, but 
because I have this illness, I know that there's going to be some challenges there. So I have to learn more about the illness so that I can learn how to balance that thing so that I will not um, have a retroaction, retroaction or I um, have to go and back into um, the, um, the, the hospital to get care and to take the time out that I need to become mentally stable. When you stand in your truth and accept who you are and whose you are, and you begin, and let me, when I say you, when, when I have begun to share my message, people are coming out of the woodworks. My messenger on Facebook is just blown up with people saying, thank you for your truth. Thank you because I am dealing with, with suicide and I want to kill myself or I want to, and I don't take that like this. I don't take that lightly. I give them the resources. That's if the right. Lord says pick the phone up and call them, I do that. I do that. I don't take any of this lightly at all, Dr. Sunday. I don't. I totally understand. Ooh, I totally understand. I told, and, and, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, as I said earlier, you know I'm an anesthesiologist. When people not eating, it really, really, because they NPO nothing by mouth or surgery or procedure, it amplifies. So I'm so grateful to God that I'm a willing vessel because there's sometimes I have to, I, I mean, just, oh, yeah, actually yesterday. Um, yeah, but, you know, the thing is, and I love your spirit, Ms. Vanessa, that you're a willing you. vessel, and that's what's so important. This is what I want to do because someone just sent us a message. Um, do you speak, and I, and I know the answer, but I, got, I have to say it because they, uh, they, they inbox our team. You do go out to churches and different conferences to, you know, children conference, adult conferences to share your information as well, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And actually in Columbia, uh, Hannah House in Columbia had me there for a two-day conference where I was keynote speaker for them, and they had uh, people in Columbia coming. Yes, ma'am, I do. Wow. Okay. I just want, I'm wondering, but we want to really, and, and, you know, we're here in Atlanta <laughs> with you, so yes. we want to support you for, you know, the things that you're doing. We tend to have a lot of events, so we're going to make sure we keep you at the top of the list because we, this is, this should be a part of any event, no matter what event, because uh, it's something that we really, really need to have a conversation and not as the old time, I'll just be honest, Keeping on the rug. It's past time for that. But, Ms. Vanessa, do this, do this, because um, you don't have to come back because you have so many amazing things, you know, from your grant writing, from your media personality. Do us a favor as we co- come down to the end. Uh, whatever you have still on your heart, because I, I, I just feel that, and I'm going to step back. And, uh, and after you share that, please tell us how – to contact you, to book you for speaking, for counseling, for, you know, for your materials, for you to just hold our hand, you know, whatever God wants us to want you to do in that situation and how we can support you on social media as well. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I do have something really heavy on my heart. And mental health people is, is nothing to play with. We all go through life and go through, go through situations, and the Lord said that we will have trouble, but he left the Holy Spirit. Some of us are not mature, uh, spiritually mature, and it's okay as long as you continue to work your salvation out in that area. But what I want to tell you is that there's hope. There's hope. It's a lonely, it's a lonely, lonely 
lonely journey because people don't understand who we are and why we think the way we think or respond or react the way we react. People don't. That's how and why the stigma has uh, been created and formed and has manifested in such a strong way. So understand that you don't have to take your life. I strongly recommend that you have a support system. If you have one person, one person that you can trust that in, in confidence that you can talk to, have that person to check on you, to make sure that you're okay. And if your mind is wandering here or there, you have some accountability mental checks. And then understanding that NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, is available, and that's NAMI.org. There are endless resources. Sources. That's a, 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 a five uh, a, a grassroots organization that is nationwide. America Foundation for Suicide Prevention. AF as in Frank, SP as in Paul, dot com. You can go there as well to get resources and to become a part of these organizations and make a difference. And lastly, Suicide Prevention Line, the National Suicide Prevention Line, is available to you 24-7. It's free. It's confidential. They don't interrupt while you're talking. I've had to call several times. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Young ladies, young men, boys, girls, seasoned women and seasoned men, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And I will also welcome you to please join us on our 2018 Pain Positioning and Purpose Tour where we will kick off here in Atlanta June 3rd, Columbia, South Carolina June 9th, Charlotte, North Carolina July 14th, Gary, Indiana July 28th, uh, New Orleans, we will be there August 11th. August 25th, Dallas will come in to see you. September 22nd, be more. Baltimore, we're coming to see you. Jackson, Mississippi, we will wrap it up and wrap it up with a bow. October 20th, please meet us in the place. The, the Self-Discovery, Pain Positioning, and Purpose Tribe, myself, and, and some powerhouses are going to come to testify, to feed you hope, to pray with you, to do whatever it is that we need to do to get you to where it is that you need to be on this mental health journey. I can be reached for more information, to contact me for bookings. I can be reached at www.vanessa, that's V-E-N-E-S-S-A-A, B as in boy, R-A-M dot com. Again, that is www.vanessaabram.com. And I also would like to share um, a number where you can reach me as well, and I'm trying to get that number here right now. It is um, 668, uh, six, no, I'm sorry, the number is 678-902-6562, where you can reach me and we can talk about some things if you need a business coach, whatever you need. Please, please, please reach out to me, and please do not take this mental health thing for granted. Please. In Jesus' name, please, amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, I just love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so I much, first of all, for being in your purpose. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with good deeds. If you need us for anything, please, please don't hesitate to contact us. 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I would love to come back. I would love to come back. Oh, we're going to make sure that happens. Thank you and God bless. <laughs> Thank you. You as well. Good night. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, I know this was a, you know, a conversation we need to have. So, you know, I'm glad you hung in there. We need to share with our friends and family and, and, and just, just trust God, trust God. Um, if you want any information from us, you know how to contact us, uh, com. You do have a calling. You do have a reason you were born. You got to do three things. You got to believe. You got to trust. Guess what? You got to walk that thing out. You got to don't stop. You got to get it, get it. You know, this is good deeds, and I'm Dr. Renee Sunday. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.